All right, uh, turn with me to uh, Psalm 23, and we're going to go a little further uh, in this psalm uh, together this morning. You know, if you remember last week, I was telling you about how, how every word is powerful and how every word is important in the, uh, in the 23rd, 23rd Psalm. This past week, I, I was reading and in, a, in actually a different place, so it was a little bit different perspective, and it said that the 23rd Psalm is not only powerful and every word is important, but that it really can't be fully understood and realized, the power of it realized, unless you read it all together. It just made the point that if you, that it's kind of weird to say, oh, okay, now, now I'm learning this because I've been doing this phrase by phrase here for several weeks. And, and you know what? I went back and, and I looked at this, and you, you can look at it with me here. I have it for you up here. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. You know, if you read that by itself, it, it, it seems to be pretty clear. But then when you put it in the context that, that he can also make you lie down in green pastures, that he leads you beside quiet waters, that he refreshes your soul, that he guides you along the right path for his namesake. He leads, he refreshes, he guides. There's just so much, so much meaning there in that to how, how attentive God wants to be in your life and mine. So much so that, you know, even though I walk through the darkest valley, that he's there with me, and I'm going to go through it. I'm not going to just be in it. And, and that his rod and his staff, they, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Today we're going to look at verse 5. Next week we're going to look at verse 6. But it's amazing when you, when you put all this together, exactly what it, what it means. And you know what? I think, I think that God kind of gave me that insight at just the right time. Because let me, I want to be real, real honest and frank with you here. I was kind of dreading verse 5. Because what does verse 5 say? Verse 5 says that he, he's going to prepare a table for you, for me, in the presence of our enemies. Come on, enemies, sit down. I want you to see something, how much God loves me, right? And as I, as I thought about that and worried about that, and as I struggled with this passage this week, I think that God gave me some insight that I really want to that I really want to share, that I really, really, really want to share with, with you. And the point is, is that all of it is very important. And when you read the 23rd Psalm, when you read it together, it's clear who God is and who he wants to be for us. For example, table before our enemies. It's been since 1979 since I graduated high school. Only went back for one reunion, one time. Amen. One and only time. And, uh, you know, I, when I graduated my school, I left town. And any time I went back, it was just a visit. Most of these people that I was going to see at my high school reunion, I hadn't seen since we were in high school together. And for the most part, I'd probably never see them again this side of heaven. But I went back one time. Let me tell you why I went back one time. She knows. I wanted all those girls that never gave me the time of day to see what I latched on to. Did I introduce you to my wife, Arlene? You know, when we were in high school together, she was in beauty pageants and beauty queens. And I won't go on. I'll, I'll, I'll spare you, honey. But I, I, I seriously thought, you know what? I want to go back because I want to show these people where I, where I ended up. You know, I remember one, one particular girl 
in particular that that oh my gosh I was so I was so smitten by I used to give her my lunch money when when we were in when we were in elementary school and you know she never gave me the the time of day and I just wanted to make sure you know is that is that is that the way you do your enemies you see here's what I think about this passage I think this passage gives you a great perspective in how to act and react in the presence of your enemies. You know, because, because we can be so assured of who we are and what we become and how we've been blessed and what God has done and all this kind of thing that we just want to show up and show out and show off. We want everybody to see. Look at me. Look at me. You see, there's a certain part of this passage, and I think David fell prey to this somewhat where that he would look at his enemies with arrogance because he was convinced of how, of how much God loved and cared for him. And God did. But God never wants to take us and allow us to use his love for us to empower our arrogance against the people that maybe we were sideways with or we're not on good terms with. You see, that's what I read when it says here that, that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It was like God wanted to see this place that he had set for David. And he wanted David to walk into the room and to realize that this is my place. This is where God has prepared for me to sit. That he was the, that he was the uh, guest of honor. That he had the, the head of the table. But he didn't want David to walk into that room arrogantly. He didn't want David to walk into that room wishing ill on anybody else. He just wanted David to come into the presence of his enemies and know that he is there. One time years ago, Arlene was uh, working for the Chamber of Commerce. I'm reminiscing. And well, they'll, they'll understand here in just a minute. And she was, she was in charge of this big dinner every year with all of the people, all the business leaders, all the people of the town. And I got to go just because I was married to her. It was great. Prime rib, you know, it was awesome. And we were seated at, seated at the head table. And we were sitting there with all the other employees of the Chamber of Commerce. And there was this one lady there and her husband was there just like I was, just because he was married to her. And I had not met him. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. But there was, a, there was a pastor seated at the head of the table that was taking part in the program in some way. And they, 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 they gave them their food first. And they brought out prime rib, you know, and put it down. And this guy seated next to me, he said to me, he said, who does that guy think he is? He gets served before any of the rest of us. Prime rib. What does he think? He think just because he's a pastor that he gets that kind of treatment? thinking, oh my gosh, I don't want to tell this guy who I am. A few minutes, they brought our food out, and they, my, my piece of prime rib was about as big as my iPad here, okay? They put it, on my, put it out in front of me, and they gave him his, and his was about a third of that size. And he looked at my prime rib, and he looked at her his, and he said, How, how'd you rate to get a big piece of prime rib? I said, well, I'm, I'm a pastor too. <laughs> you know, you ever, you, ever, you ever feel that way? You ever feel like that you get treated a little bit different, that you get you get, you get some benefits that, that you are well taken care of, you know. David knew that he had all of that from God. But David realized that God wanted him to come in the presence of his enemies, not with arrogance. Now, let me convince you this. If you read about the story of David, he, he was all the time, people were telling him, you know, to, to, I mean, get rid of Saul, overthrow him, kill him. 
And when he was encouraged to do that by, by people around him, what was David's, what was, what was always his response? Far be it from me to act that way to God's anointed. Even though he had lots of opportunities, even though there were times that he had the power, even though there were times that it seemed like the logical thing to do, he never went down that road because he understood about his relationship with the shepherd. And that when he was prepared a table in the presence of all of his enemies, it was not, it was not a free ticket to be arrogant. It was an opportunity to be humble. It was an opportunity to show love. It was an opportunity to treat people differently than they thought they should be, be treated. Here, and here's the thing. Let me, let me show you this just so vividly here. What does he say? He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. If you study the whole anointing thing, here's, here's the, the anointing of the head with oil demonstrated to all those who witnessed it that this was God's man. But here's the thing. Then when that man of God went out in, into the people and around other people, people would say, I, I smell. And what would be the response? That's God's anointed. He was anointed oil on the head. It was, it was a visual thing for those that witnessed it, and it was an aroma thing for those that didn't see it. But it was clear to all of those that this person was, was marked by God for his blessing. And see, it is so easy today to feel that way and then feel like that we're justified in our arrogance toward those that are our enemies. Was Jesus say, pray for those that persecute you, do good to those that hate you, Give a man your cloak. Walk an extra mile in their shoes. Let the last be first and the first should be last. Make sure that you don't think so highly of yourself. We could go on and on all day. But the point is simply this. God wants us to have this attitude of humility as we go out into the world and even as we are surrounded by those that hate us. And then he says, my cup overflows. You know, I spent a lot of time thinking about that phrase this week. Even one day, I, 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 I kind of set up a mock table, and I set some place settings around. And I just kind of envisioned sitting there in the presence of my enemies. And then just thought about the beauty of this last phrase, about how, how your cup overflows. See, God wants you to know that when you're in this place, that you look down at your cup, and you see it overflowing with what? Overflowing with God's love, overflowing with God's presence, overflowing with God's blessing, overflowing with God's protection. All of these things can be seen so vividly in the life of David because we know what God was for him. But isn't it so easy to sit at that place and just think about your cup being empty, about your cup being barren? about your cup being filled with something else. Well, God wants you to look and to see that your cup is, is overflowing with blessings, with love, and with His presence in your life. Because you see, when we add this fifth verse to the four before it and the one next week, we understand that God is, is doing something. What is He doing? He is... He is preparing. He is preparing a table for you in the presence of all the evil in this world. And we must know that, yes, our head is anointed 
with oil. And people see that we have the favor and the blessing of God. And people see that our cup truly overflows. You know what, folks? My cup overflows. I mean, to a large part, you're, you're, you're the reason that my cup is overflowing. I had a friend say to me a couple years ago, we were talking about family and I was telling him about my kids and what they were doing and my grandkids and all this. And he said, boy, John, you, you're, you're really lucky. And you know what? I, 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 I don't like that word, luck. I, I like the word fortunate. I like the word blessed. But boy, I don't think luck had much to do with it. Because I think when you, when you have this kind of relationship with God, even when, even when the things get dark, the valley of the shadow of death, surrounded by my enemies, even when you're in those kinds of situations, the, the, the ultimate presence of God brings light to that moment in time. Moment in time when you can see that you lack nothing, that He leads you, refreshes you, and guides you every step of the way, and that your cup is truly, truly... You know, as I thought about this, I thought about my... You know, I told some friends yesterday, man, I'm... I'm just really nostalgic right now. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm telling you, next week, you better come here prepared to stay all day, maybe. I, I said to somebody, I said, you know, I could say anything, or I could say everything, but I want to say something that's meaningful and, and encouraging. And I've just been in this real nostalgic mood. I've driven my family crazy. And I, I was thinking about my mother the other day. My mother, I hardly ever remember my mother sitting at the table and eating with us. Even later in life, when we would come in for Thanksgiving or whatever, and she would just cook this huge feast. You know what my mother always did? Always did. She always, she always had a fresh pan of her famous potato rolls cooking in the oven. And while all of us were eating, she was walking around, and she was saying, here, sweetheart, let me give you a hot one. Here, honey, let me give you a hot one. Here, you want some butter with it? Here, here, you need a, you, need, you know, my, my brother, my brother-in-laws, everybody. You know, she was always just walking around. And when that, when that pan was gone, she had another one in the oven. And she was up and she was taking care of it and tended it. And then it would come out and she'd get her hot plate. Here, honey, let you have another one. Boy, John, you're gaining a lot of weight. Here, take another one. But that was just her thing. And I just envisioned, I envisioned God being that way at this table, at this, at this time. In David's life, he, he was only concerned about David understanding that he was there in the presence of his enemies. Not to show arrogance. David's life, if you read, a matter of fact, at the end of David's life, I think that you can see how that benefited him in the relationships that he had with other people. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. And David was the king of all things. But yet he sat at a table realizing that the only reason he had a seat at the table was because of Jesus Christ, his Lord and his Savior. May we know that same thing today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, what a, what a, what a wonderful passage of Scripture. And God, I pray that, that all of us could see it not as, not as Psalm 23, verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, Lord, may we just see it as Psalm 23, the psalm of universal comfort that tells of your everlasting presence as our shepherd in our lives, how you lead, how you guide, how you restore, how you walk with us, Lord, through the darkest valley, how you bring your rod and your staff to comfort us. And Lord, even now, how you prepare a table 
before us in the presence of our enemies. Lord, may we sit down with people like that. And not, Lord, to show our arrogance, not to show that we are better, not to show that you love us more, but that, Lord, you do love us. And we are so profoundly moved by that love. And Lord, may we also always see our cup overflowing with blessings, with love, with protection, with everything, Lord, that we need in life. That's what a shepherd does. And a sheep know their shepherd's voice and they hear him. Lord, may we hear him. May we stay close to him. May we be strengthened by his presence. Lord, may we share that love of the shepherd with everyone. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord.